So what's your podcast about? Superheroes. It's a little geeky, but I think you guys are going to like it. Try not to be too geeky. No, I can't promise that. Should we begin? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. And now, your hosts, Kelsey Dickerson, Brad Fay, Kate Fay, and Noah Berlin. Hold on to your butts. Welcome to the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. Noah Berlin here with you. And since Brad, Kelsey, and Kate are still working abroad, I'm thankful to have Superhero Faces contributors, Ali Grefsheim and Travis Baker, back with me to talk House of the Dragon. Today is all about House of the Dragon's seventh episode, which was called Driftmark. We're going to talk about MVPs, we're going to talk about LVPs, and we're going to talk about that big scene that everyone else is talking about, too. So to keep the conversation going, make sure to subscribe, leave your comments in the comments section, and make sure to follow us on social media as well. But before we talk about the craziness that was this week's episode, Ali G, why don't you tell us about this week's Thrones and Dragon-related news? Okie dokie. So for news this week, we have just a couple tidbits about the show. Um, first off, tourism and filming locations. As we all know, Game of Thrones and now House of the Dragon have taken beautiful scenic locations around the world and made them into major tourist attractions for fans. Um, a couple of perfect examples from the original series are Northern Ireland and Sevilla, Spain. And then, of course, Malta and Dubrovnik, Croatia have had a huge tourist boom thanks to fans flocking to the to King's Landing itself. Um, in House of the Dragon specifically, Casares, Spain, takes on the important role as being used as the Westerosi capital. And Driftmark, which we've seen a lot of this season, was shot at a real castle, um, St. Michelle's Mount in Cornwall uh, in the UK. Um, I'm sure tourist companies are already working on turning the island into a tourist destination. And I know myself, when I turned on the, t the episode last night, the literal first thing I thought was like, I too want to drown in that water. It is so beautiful. <laughs> Where is that? How can I get there? <laughs> um, but then other exciting news. I mean, exciting, kind of sad. We only have three episodes left uh, in season one, but they are each over one hour long, which is awesome. Um, we have our next week's episode, episode eight, The Lord of the Tides, which will be 67 minutes. Episode nine, The Green Council, which like, praying for a big episode nine that will be 60 minutes and then the finale titled the black queen which sounds like some good foreshadowing for us um if you hate allison as you should we'll clock in at <laughs> 63 minutes um and then lastly some more good and bad news um i know that they had said before season two has been renewed it is confirmed that it will begin filming in march of 2023 so great we have a start date um, bad news is that means we probably will not be getting season two until 2024. So just be prepared for another two year wait between new episodes. All right. Well, like you said, good news and bad news. I'm real happy that it, it got picked up. Of course, there's never any doubt about that, but man, another two year wait is just brutal for some new episodes. And the fact that we only have three left, it's, it's crazy. It goes by too fast. I'm telling you. They but had all right. to have known it was going to get picked up. They had to have known. They should have just started this already. But well, with as much money as as this show is, yeah, yeah, the budgets are crazy. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Um, all right. Well, this is once again your reminder. This is your spoiler warning. If you have not yet seen the episode called Driftmark, we're going to be breaking it down, talking about our thoughts on all the scenes, all the craziness, the characters, the drama, all of that. But don't worry, we have not read Fire and Blood. We have stayed away purposefully from all of the online leaks and the spoilers there. So you don't have to worry about anything that's happening later on in the season or later on in the series getting spoiled for you. But onto the episode, there was a lot going on. We saw tensions boiling over. We saw a funeral, a wedding, a new old hand of the king. We saw wounded noses, eyes, and pride. And with so much drama going on, I feel like we might have a little bit of differing opinions on who the real winners and losers of this episode were. So, Travis, please get us started. Who did you have as this episode's MVP? Yeah, I mean, it was obvious to me the, the MVP was Eamon. I mean, he got the biggest and baddest dragon in the land. I mean, Lena's body wasn't even cold yet. She was still being put in the, in the ocean. And he snuck out there and got the biggest, baddest dragon in the land. And he also... He was the first one to voice what everybody was thinking that Renera's kids were not not her own, and he got that to come out and, and got that argument going. So, to me, clearly uh, MVP Amen for for this episode. He got his eye. He has one eye. He's a kid. He looks terrible. He's got Vagar. I would give up an eye for Vagar. You would. Oh, you would. Damn. For a dragon. Yeah. He, even did, <laughs> he even said an eye. He even said it was a fair exchange. He he did say that. He did say that. Yeah, and I'm like in 2022 in Colorado, like yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> that would be a nice commute to work. I there. would <laughs> I would run Colorado, King of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one, no one's, no one's coming against you with, uh, with yeah. Vagar there. Uh, yeah. What about you, Ali? Who, who is your MVP? Yeah, I mean, I got to agree. And for me, MVP and LVP are always so difficult because I either hate someone's guts or I'm absolutely obsessed with them. There's literally no in-between. So it's like very hard for me to look past my extremely one-sided feelings when someone did something good or bad. Um, yeah, I felt I had to disclaim that so people can remain knowing that I'm a hater. But amen. <laughs> like, I swear the entire episode, I exclusively referred to him as weirdo freak. And yeah. obviously him stealing Vagar was such a dick move, but it's like in the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. And he was dying. So he was like, yeah. I'm not waiting around. I'm going to do something about this. Um, and also I thought it was like, he just had a lot of like wherewithal when I think it was clear when King Viserys was like, where did you hear that, that the kids are bastards? Like all eyes on Alicent and he like saved her from getting thrown yeah. under the bus which I feel like the other kids bug girl and jerk off are just such weirdos they wouldn't have like sprung into action um he also said he's like yeah I'd marry my sister like no big deal whatever whatever I need to do for the realm like he's the most down like he's he's just yeah. down to go he's ready he's ready for the fight and uh the other two bug girl and jerk off or not it was not <laughs> the fact that that's the nickname now is just incredible and it's so applicable but oh that is incredible also it was hysterical when yeah he didn't throw allison under the bus through jerk off under the bus and jerk yeah. off was like i mean everyone knows <laughs> yeah. like, that's, he's low-key a real one <laughs> yeah. yeah he is the worst he's just trying to but jerk off get hammered and not give a fuck <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that that guy is terrible. Uh, all right, so my MVP, and I think this, especially the more I think about it, is a no-brainer. My MVP was Otto Hightower. And the reason for that is because, well, it's like threefold, right? On one hand, he's back as the Hand of the King. 
He's probably the second most powerful man in the seven kingdoms right now out of nowhere. Um, and he sees what he did, you know, firsthand in terms of raising Allison to be exactly the way he wants her to be. And so, you know, he said to her, he said, we play an ugly game. And now for the first time, I see that you have the term, the determination to win it. And so he's feeling really good about their chances and their side got the new dragon. So mm -hmm. it's really unbelievable. Um, you know, the, and it's, it can't be undersold. I, I guess the significance of Vagar joining that side, because, you know, Vagar is, is the oldest and the biggest uh, of all the Targaryen dragons. Um, it's the only living remnant of Aegon's conquest. And so Vagar is, is a big deal and the most ferocious out of all of them. So having that mm -hmm. as kind of on that uh, side as, as each side is, you know, building alliances and stuff like that, that is huge. And then my, my uh, honorable mention would just be Olivia Cook, who uh, plays adult uh, uh, Alicent. And she just, again, acted her ass off. And just like <clears throat> Ali, you said last episode, uh, she, her nonverbal, her facial expressions are really unbelievable. How just like disgusted she looks <laughs> a lot of the time. And yeah, it, it was yeah, pretty awesome. She 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 kills it for sure. I'll uh, I'll give an honorable mention to Bug Girl, actually, <laughs> because did not see that coming. Well, here's why: not MVP, but she had a good like most valuable moment. She she called last week that Amy was going to lose his eye. She called it last week. Did you catch what? that? No, no. What 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 was that? Last week last week he was talking about getting a dragon, and she said you're going to have to close an eye to get a dragon. She's like a prophet. You know, the Targaryen bloodline has in their whole history, they have people that can dream the future. She's going to be one of them. Oh, totally. Wow. Last I, week, I, she said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah dropping Bug the knowledge. Girl. Bug Girl coming out. Look at Bug Girl. She's down yeah. in the dumps, and all of a sudden, she, she's coming through with some value. She just, she just like under her breath last week when I think when she was playing with the bug, she just said <laughs> she had to close an eye. So whenever she talks, you got, you got to listen wow. now. Bug Girl, they need to have like a, a scribe follow her around King's Landing at all times. Oh man, that with bugs. that scribe would hate its job. Just yeah, like sure. the, the, when the two brothers were watching her, and Aim, uh, Aegon was like, "God, our sister's so weird. She sucks so bad." Yeah. And, and he literally says, "She's an idiot." <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's and, still with the bugs. Still, and Aemon's like, I "I'd marry her." That's fine. Yeah. yeah, remember he's like, at least we have one thing in common. We both like creatures with long legs, and then like yeah. hollers at that wench. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. That Aegon Aegon is terrible. Aegon is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of terrible, Ali, who did you have as your LVP, the least valuable player of this episode? Man, despite my disclaimer of like, I'm really trying to not let my emotions get the best of me, I think Sir Kristen will be my LVP until the dawn of time. Like, he is such a moron. It's like all he cares about is drama. Like, he walks right up to Allison and is like, oh, budget Littlefinger won't stop staring at you. Like, are you a knight or are you gossip girl? And then, like, <laughs> At when the adult fighting ensues, you know, in the hall, and Viserys is like, how could you let this happen? Like, my son's eye, it's your duty to protect them. He was like, well, let's not forget, it was the cousin who fought. Like, let's turn all the attention back to these little kids, not me. Like, bro, you're a grown-ass man. Like, be for real. And I think those were his only two lines in the whole yeah. episode. Just being literal gossip guy. I hate him. <laughs> Well, and the part when they had, you know, they were all sitting around and then all the, the drama was happening towards the end. And Allison says something, um, some kind of dig at, at Rhaenyra and Kristen laughs. 
And then the the Lord Commander of the King's Guard looks at him like, "Bro, what are you what are you doing? What yeah, are you like, doing?" I had that down too. A few different times he was looking at Cole. So yeah, like, yeah, that's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't be uh, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't end well for the Lord Commander guy because yeah, who cares about him, right? But Kristen is on the up and up when it comes to the Queen, at least. Mm-hmm. For me, Lenor was the LVP till the um until the last couple minutes of this episode for sure but once he kind of got away and he's doing his thing with with carl with a q i had to, to give the lvp to corliss valerian and i didn't want to in his own home man it, it's terrible what this guy went through but he's there he's mourning his the loss of his daughter uh and and now at the end he's mourning the loss of his son too and he's fighting with his wife with uh, rainice and she's like, bro, you gotta, you gotta get over this. All these things you're doing, it's for your, your own self. And it's, it's I, all that. So I don't know. He, he's, t- he took a lot of L's there. He thinks he has no kids anymore. Is he going to raise the grandkids now? Cause Damon doesn't want them. <laughs> Damon don't want those kids. So I don't know. What, I, what do you think yeah. about that, Travis? Well, so my LVP until the last 10 seconds, the whole episode, he was the LVP. I thought, going away. The last 10 seconds saved him. But, but Lenor, he had a terrible episode. Not only in the beginning, in the funeral scene, was he crying like a baby by himself, but then his wife wasn't the one to go get him. Carl with the Q was, was the one that had to go save him from that. And then he comes back from that. And when the biggest scene of the whole season maybe happened, when the kids got in a fight, he wasn't even there. He, he wasn't even there the whole episode, the whole, the whole, the whole scene with the kids. So you know, again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the, the last 10 seconds may have saved him a little bit, but still a total LVP. Well, let's let's think about this though too, because again, I agree with you. Um, and you know, there there was some the scene I thought was actually like kind of sweet in a weird way between Rhaenyra and and Lenor, where they're talking. He's basically apologizing. He's like, "I have not been what you deserve," and yeah. uh, you know, and and he said he's like, "We made these arrangements to do our duty, yet explore happiness." And there are times when I think these cannot mutually exist. I'm like, I feel bad for that a little. And she's like, look, you're a good guy. Uh, you know, it's really rare that you are such a good person. Uh, so I do think that she likes him. Um, but man, I, yeah, I just, he's like, I should have been there. She's like, yeah, those should be our house words. <laughs> yeah, do you think that, do you think he does, did Rhaenyra and Damon know that he didn't die at the end? Were they part of that plot? You think, think so. to save him? So, Okay. When I first watched it, I thought that the plan was to have Carl with a Q kill um, yeah. Lenor, right? And then they just um, they just came up with a new plan. They they went and escaped and did their thing. But the more I think about it, the more I think that it was like they just kind of wanted the viewer to think that that was going to happen. Uh, but as we just said, I mean, I think Rhaenyra does really like Lenor. She just he's not a good husband mm-hmm. to her, and he doesn't he's not able to pretend to be you know what he should be. But yeah. I do think she likes him and respects him. Um, and then I was thinking that it was obvious, like, remember they show right before Carl and um, and Lenor get in that sword fight and you see Damon kind of like creeping down the stairs and he like yeah. attacks that guy and snaps his neck. So I think that was the guy that they threw in the uh, in the fire, mm-hmm. which obviously if that's the case, then Damon obviously yeah. was in on it. But also side note, it's hilarious. Now, this is like the second or third time that like anytime Damon is like doing something a little shady, he like has the hood up. It's like it. his like 
committing There's crimes outfit. Yeah, <laughs> like, just blinks around being shysty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like the, uh, you know, that meme with like Kermit talking to evil Kermit. Yeah. And it's like with the, the Sith Lord of, uh, cloak or whatever. It's yeah. hilarious. But yeah, that, that's so dark Damon. Dark Damon. Yeah. But like, <laughs> do, do you think like, do people not see you? Like, what do you think is <laughs> happening when you like, do you, is that like getting in the mood? You put the hood up and then you're like ready to do some shady shit. I don't... <laughs> He's like one of the top three, top five most famous people. I think, I think there, that was Rhaenyra's plan to save Lenore's life, but also get rid of him. At first I was with you. At first I thought they just killed him. But the more I think about it and he gave him money, he gave, Carl with the Q money. He could have just killed Carl with the Q ultimately. So I think that was all part of it. Yeah. For sure. And and yeah. yeah, he like she's like, well, or he's like uh, Damon's like, for us to get married, Lanor has to die. And she's like, I know. And so I think that's more of like a metaphorical death. Like he's not Lanor yeah. anymore. So do you think we see him again? Like, or do you think they're just gone, gone? Or do you think they come back? I don't know. I mean, what, what's I, I don't know. I think there, I would say he comes back one because he has a dragon and this is dance of the dragon. So at some point it's going to be a dragon on dragon and, and he has a, he's one of the few people to have one. So for that, I guess I would think he comes back, but I, I mean, who knows? I know in the books, when you are bonding with a dragon, it's a whole thing where like a dragon will not take on another rider unless the original one is dead. Like they know somehow oh. it's like a you know magical thing or whatever. So yeah, does the dragon know that he's somehow still alive and is kind of just like waiting for him? Is it something that maybe they change in the um, in the show that maybe like one of the girls now can bond with that dragon? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but I'm just interested to see what happened with Sea Smoke. It's like a cool dragon, a cool name for yeah. a dragon. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see, yeah, what happens yeah. for sure with that. That is really interesting, Noah, that you said about bonding with the dragon. I didn't know that. But yeah, if him and Carl with the Q, who's actually kind of hot, are trying to go off and live some like quiet life, like they're just going to have this dragon with them, like that kind of... Yeah. Well, I don't think the life. dragon's going to go. I think the dragon's going to stay at like... <laughs> but, but like what Travis said, like maybe he'll come back because he has the dragon oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. fight yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like I don't think the dragon's just going to be like roaming the streets homeless. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I would have probably initially said, no, I don't think we'll ever see Lanor again. Literally, why? Especially just because, as we've said, things are just moving so quickly in House of the Dragon and characters are dropping off. People are getting burned to the, you know, mm -hmm. within five. Like, why would they bring him back? But yeah, I could see it as like an epic, like final episode. Rhaenyra's team is losing and all of a sudden here comes... <laughs> sea snake or you know whatever here comes so, dark like, damon debt forward you guys <laughs> let me go live out my days <laughs> well i had a great couple years and now i'm back to <laughs> save the day <laughs> well in talking about fighting and, and the drama and everything the the big scene that everyone's talking about that really exists to move the drama forward a lot and to bring us to where we're going to eventually be towards the end of the season was the kind of two-part one with the kids fighting and then the big altercation that happens with everyone after that. So I don't know. I think we have a lot to talk about uh, with this. First off, all right, we mentioned Amon goes and he is sneaking around and he's trying to claim Vagar. And that was cool. And I see what they were doing where like, it was important that they really established 
I guess the size of Vagar just to like, and really the, um, the, the contrast between how small the kid is, he's like 10 years old, Amon and, uh, and, and Vagar, but he was a very long scene, which I thought was weird. And it was really dark. And it just reminded me again of, um, what is the battle at Winterfell, uh, that episode, which was also directed by the same guy, Miguel Sapochnik, who is a brilliant director, but he guy needs to add a little bit more lighting in some of the <laughs> scenes. Cause what, what are you doing? It reminded me exactly like that. Did you guys have problems with that too? Like, did you, the scene, the scene when Aegon, Aegon was crying by himself after the funeral, when he was drunk. I, the, my lights were on in the room, and I couldn't see, I couldn't see him. I had to, I had to rewind it and turn the lights off to see him because he was so dark. I, I didn't know anything about the director, but that's that's funny you say that because yeah, I had to after that I obviously get the lights off the whole episode. Yeah, and the the guy's awesome. I mean, he did Battle of the Bastards. He did Hard Home. He did uh, The Winds of Winter. Like he did all the big battle and like some of the best episodes ever in Game of Thrones. But he also had that problem with the dark episode at the Battle of Winterfell. Um, and yeah, I guess that's just like a element of his directing that he yeah. likes to use, which I just don't. I don't know, but I know I had a problem with it. And I know some other people did too. Um, yeah, I thought more to your first point. No, I thought the scene was just way too long. Like he could have ended flailing around on that dragon like five <laughs> minutes early. I thought he was going to fall off. Yeah, that was really funny. But yeah, it could have ended right there. But in terms of like the darkness, yeah, I know that's like been a thing, especially on Twitter. People keep being like the previews and the reality, and it's like pitch black. <laughs> but yeah, when Damon and Rhaenyra to me were like walking on the beach, I was like. Are they in like Tatooine? Like, where are they right now? It's so, it's just like sand dunes with like, I, I don't know. I also thought it was very dark and. Yeah, it's, they, that <laughs> you just reminded me with, with them walking on the beach and just like, they are so, nobody is slick in this show. That when <laughs> we talked about it last episode, there's no subtlety. No one has secrets. Everybody knows everything. And again, they were hammering at home again this episode. With the kids being bastards and uh, and Lainor being gay and like in front of everybody, everyone's talking about it. it just goodness, like, it, it's Jace or Luke who was literally like, "I want to go to the funeral at Harren Hall." <laughs> what? And then that interaction with Corliss and Carl. Corliss might as well have run up to Carl with a megaphone and been like, "Get your boy!" Like. <laughs> It like was yeah. so your gay lover is being very dramatic and causing a scene. Go get him. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I, I wrote that down too about uh, Jace, but he's like, he's like, yeah, like we, we should be sad too. We're mourning our real dad and we should be at a call. It's like, and they just, she doesn't even lie. She's like, Oh, you can't be saying that kids. Why is she not? These are children. You lie to children. I, yeah. Travis, you are a father. You tell all your your all kids. That you lie to them, no. right? All I have all the time. Yeah, Santa's coming <laughs> soon. Keep, you gotta keep keep them behaving well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, what is she doing? I mean, she loves her kids. Cool, but you need less truth with these kids. Yeah, and just like why. For what mm -hmm. purpose? Like, we're never getting <laughs> Sir Harwin back. This is not like a happy ending situation. Just, just lie. <laughs> what, and, the whole, and the whole time, their LVP, their their real dad, is down crying in the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, not giving a shit about yeah. any of that or anything that's happening. I know you guys said he was the LVP, which like I don't disagree, but I was he was such an LVP. I was like, this dude is pure comedy to me. Pure yeah. comedy. 
like you're so right when he walks in after like Rhaenyra gets cut and stuff he's like yo it's good did I miss something well like the only thing I'll say about him that's a positive for him I guess is that he must be getting the most ass because like no. he is never he is never around for anything yeah. he is never there he's always just getting laid all that like bro Laenorg I mean good for you but holy shit be, be around your family a little bit just a little bit yeah, yeah. god uh but so all right so we see Amond claim and bond with Vagar, and he's feeling all confident he comes in and the, the girls um Bela and Reyna the two daughters of Damon and uh Lena they wake up the two boys Jace and Luke and they're like, somebody stole Vagar, which I thought was like really stupid because you know how these things work. Like you don't steal a, a dragon. That was really stupid, but whatever it is, what it is. So, you know, uh, Bela, that she's the older of the two daughters that would have been her dragon to claim and she just didn't do it. So she's mad and and the fight breaks out there. And then Amon all of a sudden gets, he gets some confidence because he's like, you come at me again and I'll feed you to my dragon. And then he's like, You'll die screaming in flames just as your father did, bastards. I'm like, oh, god damn. <laughs> yeah. at, one, at one point, one of the girls punches him in the face, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like, get him. And then he punched that girl right back in the face. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I almost jumped through the TV. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I was like, bitch, yeah. kill him. <laughs> well, I mean, he was ready. He was ready to. He had the rock. He was going to kill the, uh, I don't even know if it was, Ju- uh, late, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Jace. Because yeah. Luke, is, Luke is the one that slashes eye out, which was, I mean, I didn't see any of that coming. And that was kind of. These well, who kids were like yeah. beating each other's asses like yeah. this was UFC. I was like, you guys are toddlers. Like, where <laughs> did this come from? It kind of reminded me of the scene in Thor, Love and Thunder, when the kids are like. The little kids, yeah. The shadow I mean, monster's asses. With the but that one part of it when they got Amon on the ground and the four of them were just like kicking him and punting him like damn. He held his own though. I mean he he did they're a one versus four. I don't know, I don't know their ages. I know Aegon's the oldest, but after that I thought they were all kind of the same age. But I I don't know if he's supposed to be older, but he just he whooped all their asses. I think he's still older than than both of Rhaenyra's kids. In fact, he he definitely is. Yeah, but that all led to you know, the next scene, which was part two of that with just the big altercation. And real quick, we talk, we got to take a break and talk about King Viserys. My guy. Oh, also, man. also on my LVP list. <laughs> this dude always. Alive. Like I... when that first scene, like, first of all, they like, they are all about funerals in House of the Dragon. Like they do them up like their weddings. And when he was there, I was like, should this man have been traveling like this (laughs) journey to go to this funeral of this girl? Like, wasn't even like a queen. I like, it was, I don't know. Like, I know the families are homies and stuff, but I was like, they are going so big for this funeral. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is a, a moron. (laughs) <laughs> this dude is he's losing grip on everything and like up to this point you kind of see i mean he he's always been a little bit of a wuss like he's always been soft but now this is the first time we see him losing his mental capabilities if uh, if you will as well where he calls his wife Allison he calls her Emma and like that was kind of the first time you see a little like dementia or whatever that uh, might be but i mean he's just losing his grip his grip everyone is fighting 
everyone's threatening everyone. He's like, we're a family. Ever like, we can't be doing this. Like, we're you're way beyond that, dude. We're way beyond. We're a family. Well, it's like he doesn't even he doesn't even realize how much they all hate each other. He thinks yeah. they're all. He's like, oh yeah, there's a, there's some rumors about her kids, but you know, it, it's all good for the most part. And meanwhile, their kids about to stab each other. I mean, they, he has no. Idea. He's calling. He's calling Allison Emma. He's 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 lost it. He's yeah. totally lost. Well, when he um, asked, when he asked Aegon, or he asked, I guess, Aemon first, he's like, well, where did you hear this lie about the kids? Yeah. And everyone in that room is just rolling their eyes at this dude. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. And he narks on, on Aegon, which is probably a smart move to defend his mom. And, and then Aegon, as you said, he was like, we, we know, dude, everybody, everybody knows. He's just, just look at them, man. Just, just look at them. Yeah. And he just can't even, he can't do it. Um, it was also really funny when he went up to Damon at the funeral and was like, oh, like the gods are cruel for taking Lena so early. And Damon's like, it seems they've been especially cruel to you. <laughs> why did yeah. you think a statement. That, that was a really good line, too. Why did, why did you think that Damon was so mad at him? I, I really couldn't figure that out. There's a couple things with Damon in this episode that I couldn't figure out. I mean, he was I mean, I think- last time you saw him, he was, he was banished from the kingdom for and it's been what? 14 years something 12 years since then so I, I don't know maybe that he's still mad about it well he was at the wedding that was the last time we saw him right he wasn't banished after that was he which uh, i don't which well, so he, he was banished a few times but then yeah. he was at rainira and uh and lanor's wedding remember he just kind of showed up and he pulled up oh, a yeah. stool and i think yeah. that was the last we saw him um, right after he killed his wife yeah Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. The, first, the first time he wore the hood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another thing with him, remember, like in the early parts of the funeral, when, you know, it's a sad moment, everyone's mourning the loss of Lena Valerian and, and he just starts laughing in the middle of the funeral. Why? Why did that happen? Did you guys catch that? I didn't. I even rewound to see what was said that he would be laughing at. And I was like, I don't care. That's still my boy. Like, I think yeah. he's just an angsty dude. <laughs> Well, he's also, it's weird because he actually, I think, like, he actually was happy in his marriage. When he was even talking to Renera later, yeah. he was like, yeah, we were we were happy. And, you know, that's not common. I, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Good point, though. Yeah, he he loved, I mean, he loves Rhaenyra. And, you know, he wants to be married to her and everything. But I think, yeah, he was happy. He, he was a good dad to the kids, at least, that we saw for parts last episode. He also had an awesome line uh, right after that, right after the conversation with, with Damon and Viserys. Where Otto is like, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about your wife, and and he had he had an awesome line. It's probably my favorite line of the, of the episode. Where he goes, "No matter how fat the leech grows, it always wants for another meal." And he just looks yeah. at him and then walks away. And Otto's like, yeah. "God damn, yeah, <laughs> that was so good." And because like I hate Otto, like I know I know that's your guy, but like maybe it's just because his name Otto, and that's like a weird dog's name that doesn't belong in Game of Thrones. <laughs> And I really can, it's very difficult for me to get past that, but like, I just don't like him. So I was like, hell yeah, Damon, let's go. And especially because like you kind of said earlier, Otto is probably the second most powerful person in the Seven Kingdoms. His daughter is the queen. Like, what more do you want? Like, why are you throwing all these like, oh, we're going to prevail together lines out? Like you, you're you're there. I don't know. No, no. I mean, he he is there himself, but he's like, I mean, Otto, I think, is is like a mix between Tywin, who is just all into the legacy of his family and advancing that, but also with the kind of scheminess of, of a Littlefinger Varys type thing, too, 
um, where he's, you know, just thinking multiple steps ahead in order to accomplish these goals that he has. But yeah, I mean, right now he knows that the war is coming. And, and as we said in the last episode, where basically until King Viserys dies, all of everything that happens is basically a prologue. Once he dies, that's where the battle will kick off. And that's the real conflict. All this is just precursor, right? So yeah. he knows that he needs to be in the best position possible when that happens. And that's why it was so important that Vagar is now, you know, one of the green on the green team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, going over to Alicent. Um, tell me you guys didn't get major Cersei vibes from her in this episode. And specifically from, I want to say it was episode two of season one of Game of Thrones. And the scene where uh, Joffrey or Arya is playing with the or the butcher's boy and Joffrey's a little <laughs> asshole and tries to fight the butcher's boy and, and Arya and her direwolf Nymeria attack Joffrey. And then that whole thing where King Robert was just like, all right, they're kids. They're going to do what they're going to do. And Cersei's like, yeah, this punishment is not enough. Uh, and, and that's basically exactly how this scene played out where uh, King Viserys was like, you know, whatever, it'll be fine. You know, we're all family. And Allison's like, there's a debt to be paid. Like it's no. going to be eye for an eye for an eye. And nobody, uh, no, no character has changed as much from the, the kid version of the character and the adult version. Like mm -hmm. She's as a kid, she was like still supporting Rhaenyra. Like she was saying she was going to be a good queen. She was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Now she's just full on Rhaenyra hater. Seriously too. Like you said, um, she's a little bit more, unhinged than Cersei ever was. I mean, Cersei always yeah, seemed I to totally disagree bland. with you. Guys. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, Cersei well, was cool, calm, collected, calculated yeah. always until sure. the end. Cersei was fucking smart. She played the long game. She did out every... Alicent is unhinged and she's an idiot. She doesn't know <laughs> what she's doing. She's running around whipping out knives in public and then being like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm stupid. My behavior made me not seem like a lady where Cersei was a bad bitch always like i think they are polar opposites in fact like i even wrote something like that like allison tries to have this whole protect my family at any cost but she just looks like a psychopath yeah, yeah and I, it almost seems like it's less about protecting her kid and more about like just punish her look at what you did just punish her <laughs> yeah i mean i think that cersei is more smart and calculating and she's also older and, and more mature too than than allison whereas allison is more fiery but like cersei would never grab the knife herself like she'd have somebody else come and do it and kill you exactly. you know what i mean exactly. uh, whereas allison is just fiery with it but in terms of this scene it to me it was an exact parallel of that one before where there's a, a conflict with the kids the king is trying to defuse it and the the queen is like no it's going to be an eye for an eye and it was exactly like that scene so i think those are more the the vibes that i'm talking about of just how she acted in the scene compared to just the two characters in general but um yeah it was it was hardcore when she's like if the king will not seek justice the queen will sir Kristen, bring me the eye of lucerus valerian and she, she goes he could choose which eye to keep a privilege he did not grant my son i'm like god damn like yeah. she wants the, the guy to come and cut, cut a child's <laughs> eye out when Cole said no, he said he actually, for a minute there, when she said that, you wondered if, if Cole was going to go after him. But he said, what, what he said, I'm, I'm your protector. Like basically saying, I'm not going to murder for you or, 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 or hurt somebody for you. But, you know, I think Cole, as we talked about last week, he's the biggest simp alive. He would do it eventually. Just couldn't do it publicly in that moment. 
Yeah, I think you're right. If, if every yeah. wasn't everyone wasn't there witnessing it, I wonder yeah. what he actually would have done. Right. The, the best part of that scene. Yeah. Go ahead. I was saying, especially because it would be not just for Allison, but it would be to hurt Rhaenyra, which he just years and years and years later, he's still obsessed with this. He still holds a yeah. grudge, this guy. Yeah. My eyes just rolled into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that the best part of the scene, you know, up until this point, I'm you don't really know who's going to be on which side. Like, I didn't know for sure what side Damon would be on. Obviously now he's going to be on Rhaenyra's side. But at the end of that scene, right after she got stabbed and they started to separate, you saw like Team Rhaenyra all lined up together, basically. I don't know if Damon made his way from his eye. Uh, he was just leaning in the corner the whole time, laughing. I don't know if he actually made his way from the wall to the group in that final scene. But in that picture, you see them all leaning up against each other. Like, it was cool. Like, you're starting to see the sides form now. The only ones that I'll know about is House Valerion. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be on team Renera. i mean they also she like cucked their son so i don't know if they support that <laughs> but then at the same time those are her grand their grandkids are part of the Renera family too now so i don't know which team valerian is on but it is starting to come into focus so corliss as much as i gave him the lvp of the episode i mean it was he's a good dude he like i feel bad for the sea snake he he's just a good grandpa like he was going and giving advice to jace yeah. Uh, or to, to Luke actually it wasn't Jace and he's trying to like he's trying to help him out he knows that that they don't share blood with him he knows that but like he just wants to support and and so I think that at least on the surface the Valerians are on the black team which would be uh Rhaenyra's team and mm-hmm. and yeah I loved the, the cinematography of that scene I think it was just incredible i love how they kept doing the overhead shots where you could see like the circle of people around them you saw the two sides there on their sides and then when they came together and um and allison went after the kid and then rhaenyra stepped in you see the kind of skirmish and then damon stepped in at that point too and he had a little fight with Kristen. so it was like you see the whole circle of them you see and then you see the two little uh, pods of fighting there with the two clashes it was uh just really really cool and and just some good lines there too um the acting was uh you know ridic- ridiculous i think that mm-hmm. with allison where she's like where is duty where is sacrifice and then rainier said exhausting isn't it hiding beneath the cloak of your own righteousness but now they see you as you are and like that's such yeah. a dig and like i think she <laughs> lost it even more at that point yeah. it was so good mm-hmm. so yeah i just thought that that scene was really yeah. awesome yeah maybe the best scene of the show so far Maybe. Sure. And I want to go back and watch it because you could just tell there's going to be so many little intricacies to uh, little things that happen in that scene, little glances. And I think that that's what this episode overall did really well. It was a little slow in the beginning with all the funeral stuff that when they were all just kind of hanging out at Driftmark, but it wasn't about necessarily what was happening. It's about the subtext and the little glances that people were shooting each other and the looks. Well, and that, the... Go Yeah, ahead. I was going to say like, Obviously, the scene is the scene, but the funeral was kind of like low key chaotic, and I really liked yeah. that. And it was always like t- there was always something happening between two main characters. It's like the moment the like after party, I guess, started <laughs> at the funeral. Like you see Rhaenyra walk in, and Al- the look Allison gives Rhaenyra was j- deadly. Like that was the one of the most intense scowls I've ever seen. So it's like they have something going on. 
obviously we talked about Corliss freaking out on Carl, um, Damon, like Renera was just clearly the thirstiest she has ever been in her life trying to talk to Damon. And that like, you know, wasn't lining up. Aegon and Aemon, their conversation, uh, Corliss and Luke, when he's like, you're going to be royalty and Luke or whoever is like, if I'm the Lord of Driftmark, it means everyone else is dead, which I felt like was just one of those like, fake Karen mom posts on Facebook that's like, listen to this poetic thing my two-year-old said. <laughs> like, you know that kid didn't say that. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that kid did not say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the, what, what made, yeah what made the funeral seem good, and it's it's in contrast to the original Game of Thrones, and I, I read this in, like, one of those post-episode articles a few weeks ago, but in Game of Thrones, for like, four seasons, all the main characters were on their own in a different part of the world. In this show, they're all right there. Like they're all yeah. next to each other all the time. And the funeral was a good sign of that, or a good uh, example of that, because they were like they're just all within a ten foot radius of each other. They all hate each other's guts, and they can't avoid each other. Yeah. Uh, so it's just I thought that was so obviously got overshadowed, or that scene got overshadowed by the big yeah. scene. But I thought it was I thought it was a cool scene too, though. Even though it's kind of slow, yeah. it was fun to see him start to maneuver a little bit. For sure. Yeah, and I also thought that the obviously the toddlers slashing each other with literal knives over they had there was one moment it was Eamon and either Luke or Jace I'm not sure which one at the funeral it's like Eamon almost goes to say something like nice to him and then they just remember that they're mortal enemies and they yeah. like cousins not fucking with each other at all is very weird to me and mm. they're, they're just kids you know and I just want to know more about that well I think they they did in the last episode they kind of were all ganging up on yeah. Uh, on what's the Amond, right? Yeah. And uh, and then Allison put a stop to it and was like, told Aegon, yeah. like it was when he was jerking off and she she pulled him in and she's like, he's like, these kids are going to be your enemies. Like you have to yeah. protect your brother and do not mess with these kids. And I think that's probably the, the advice that they're all taking. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. But, you know, again, I just, I loved how they shot it. I love that you start seeing these these two sides form, the greens mm -hmm. versus the blacks. And and right now, if we're, we're kind of keeping score, it looks like on the green team, we got Alicent. We have her kids. So it's what? Aegon, Helena, who are betrothed to each other, and Amon, the, the youngest. We got Laris Strong, which I just, I don't know how it just dawned on me, but that Laris is literally rhymes with Varys. It's like, it's like <laughs> one letter off. I, I just noticed that. Um, like George ran out of ideas. Come on, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, Jason Lannister wants a word with that too. But uh, so we got how? Uh, yeah, we got Otto Hightower. We got Kristen Cole, and now their team has three dragons. So they have Vagar, the biggest and most powerful one, which is Amon's. The dragons Dreamfire, that's Helena's, and Sunfire, that's Aegon's. So three dragons there. Then you got the black side. You've got Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra's kids. That's Jaceres, which or Jace, Lucerus, which is Luke, and Joffrey. Uh, that baby doesn't have a dragon yet. Uh, as of right now, at least House Valerion is with them, and Daemon is Daemon is now with them too. And they have five dragons, which is dope for them. They have Cyrax, which is Rhaenyra's. Caraxes is Daemon's. Melis is Rhaenys's. Uh, and then the two boys have Vermax and Arax. So five dragons, two of them are like little baby dragons though. And the strongest one is on the green team. So it seems like these teams are, as they get fleshed out a little bit, are pretty evenly matched. I just wonder how this is going to go with them. Doesn't uh, one of Damon's daughters have a dragon? No, not yeah. yet. Because it was, really I thought one of them did. No, well, the older one, who is Bela, she yeah. would have been the one to take Vagar, but 
Amon went in and, and dragon blocked her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we talked a lot about that scene. Anything else um, that you want to talk about from the episode that we might not have touched on so far? Uh, the only thing I would talk about, well, we didn't talk enough about Damon and, and Rhaenyra. I mean, True. it's funny in, in the original Game of Thrones, I got, I was, I was pushing hard for John and Danny. Like, I'm like, yeah, John, just do it. Who cares? She's your aunt, but she's hot and she's the queen. Like that's a pretty good deal. But now in this episode, it's the same relationship with Damon and Rhaenyra aunt to, to nephew. And then obviously uncle to niece, but this, this time it's gross. This time I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, I don't know if it's going to be known her since <laughs> she was a girl, but now it's gross. It was cool. It was cool in Game of Thrones. It's not cool in this, um, but I get why they're why they're obviously getting married for the power. Uh, but no, not 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 for it. Not for it. Well, I like when you know we obviously we spent time at the the funeral, um, and I just I like the the legend of Game of Thrones and like just how cool they write this with the different customs for different houses. I like that the Valerians, you know, they they are made by the sea and all that, and they have this the custom where they throw the body in in the sea. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of the Greyjoys, whereas the Targaryens get burned by dragon fire when they die at weddings. And I just think that's pretty cool that they have these different customs for the different houses based on where they're from and all that good stuff. I, I like that as well. And for um, Rainier and Damon, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard for me. I like them both. I like, I think, the potential of them together because I think they're really similar and they could be really badass as a team. But I like them more as like, almost teammates than I do as like in a relationship. I'm not like shipping them like for sure. Not like I did with John and with Danny in, uh, in game of Thrones. What about you? What do you think about the two of them, Allie? Um, yeah. Best tradition yet. The lip blood oath. The blood <laughs> oath. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm doing that yeah. in my way for sure. Um, I kind so yeah, I, I, I ship them, but yeah, kind of, as you said, not really, I just don't really care about like their romantic side or anything like that. Like I want them to have kids because I want some like pure Targaryen claim to that throne and I want them together this whole time. They're just like both so like misfitty in a just like dangerous way. Like mm -hmm. I just think they're both really smart and calculated and do whatever we want and blah. They're just a power couple to me and i just really like that yeah yeah i mean the blood oath was was serious they really took you know preserving the valyrian blood and joining their blood together they took that very literally which i guess was cool but she said something cool where we've always been meant to burn together uh, i yeah. thought that was a, a cool line um yeah, I so, love when they speak in High Valyrian together. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. It's it's really badass. It's like they're a little yeah. secret language. So it's, badass. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like they really were cool. meant to be together, and I don't disagree with you guys. Like, I again, the romance I don't really care about. Maybe it it is weirder for sure than Danny and John, and for obvious reasons. But like, they just are like twin flames in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he knew her, and he started like trying to get her when when she was like twelve. That's why it's weird. That's why it's creepy. I know yeah, this maybe. is like a different world. She was into it. She was into it. And that was like, you know, in, in that world, it's like not that weird, but can't get over it. Well, and also he looks exactly the same, whereas like she obviously doesn't. But like, I think that might be part of it, too, is that I don't know. Um, well, Travis, you brought up Daenerys. And so this show takes place 200 years ish prior to Game of Thrones. And yet and I know there hadn't been dragons for a long time when Danny got hers. But like Danny was just kind of 
raw dogging it on on uh, Drogon, whereas like they all have saddles. <laughs> they all have saddles, and it's like this. These saddles existed two hundred years in the past. Like that would have been a known thing, I would think. Like they all have like handles and like seat belts and like I don't know, harnesses like on a roller coaster. Danny was just kind of holding on to spikes and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I like that's neither here nor there. But I'm just like, what? What the hell is going on? And, and Amon still almost fell off. And he still almost fell off. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really hoping yeah. that kid would just dangle off and, and fall Same off. Same, bad. They, yeah, they, they, almost... they mm-hmm. Go ahead, Travis. <laughs> well, I was going to say, they've said that Targaryens, like in the years after dragons went extinct, dozens of Targaryens died trying to bring dragons back and trying to find a way to, to, to you know, mate, not mate, but pair with dragons. So I, it was realistic that he was going to die. I thought, like, for one minute, I was like, oh, maybe he's just one of the, one of the Targaryens that dies because of a dragon. For sure. And I wonder, I feel like we, we've seen now a couple times in the last two episodes where they characters have successfully bonded with dragons. And we have not seen one where the dragon rejects the potential rider. And I guarantee you at some point in the series, we will see that. I have no idea who it will be if we even have been introduced to the character yet. But like, mm-hmm. we're going to see a character step too far and try to bond with one. And they're just like, no, not, not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be Alicent when she's the Mad Queen. Oh, but Allison's not a Targaryen, so she wouldn't even, unless she, maybe oh, she goes crazy and tries. She's so entitled and full of herself that she might try. Okay. You can't call her the Mad Queen and then say she's not like Cersei. You can't do that. Oh, yeah. true story, true story. We, got, we have lots of Mad Queens going yeah. around. This is even Game of Thrones. This is the House of the Dragon, you guys. Jeez. <laughs> true story. Well, uh, as we discussed, we have three episodes left in this season, which is heartbreaking. What is it that you all are looking forward to watching out for? Or if you have any predictions for uh, the rest of the season, this would be the time. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen when, when, if, probably when Damon and Rhaenyra have a kid. Because it's like, are we just going to come out with it and be like, yeah, scuttle off the throne to Jace or Luke or whoever the oldest one is because this one has the real claim. Is Otto, I mean, at this point, Otto and Allison aren't going to relinquish their like death wish for Rhaenyra and her kids to get off the throne. But like, I just feel like this one, how can someone not accept one of Damon and Rhaenyra's kids as like the real heir to the throne? Yeah, I, th- I think it's obvious that like it's Jace and Aegon are the two like ones that they're promoting as the next in line. And, but I don't, they're, one, neither of them are going to make it to the finish line. Well, or at least one of them. Like, I think it's, at this point, I've, Aegon's dead. Like, he's gone. He's gone. There's no way he makes it. I don't know about Jace. He might, but there's no way. And I haven't read the books, and that's what I think is fun. I, I have no idea what's coming. So it's kind of yeah. fun to guess. But I don't think either of them make it. So it'll be, I don't know if they'll promote Damon's sons with Rhaenyra if they have some, if they have them, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that this the whole dance with dragons which is gonna happen soon i I would guess that it would happen like it it kicks off maybe in the finale and then the dance starts at the start of season two if i had to guess um but i think a lot of people are gonna die and it's like and it's but it's not really jace versus Aegon. i mean it's Aegon versus rhaenyra and like that's why no one the fact that it's not like allison is there campaigning for her kid rainier is not campaigning for her kid she's campaign- mm-hmm. campaigning for herself right and that's why no one really gives a shit that these kids are bastards because it's not like she's trying to prop them up she's trying to prop herself up so yeah i don't know i don't who know do you think and, is gonna die who do i think is gonna die yeah i mean in over the course of it or like coming up in the next episode in the next three episodes well 
I did see also that our our last big time jump is happening between this episode and the next one. So the actors that like the little kids are all going to be replaced by new actors. And then again, yeah, again. And now those actors, which are now teen to adults are going to be the ones that exist for the rest of the series, not just the season, the whole series. So they're basically after this next one, they are done with the time jumps. Thankfully, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen with Aegon and the way he's acting he's gotta he's gotta go <laughs> he's he's got he's gotta go um does man, Viserys I mean Viserys like won't die does he make the time <laughs> jump next episode like he won't die I thought I, it seemed like he was dead I thought in the scenes from the next oh, okay. I, I have no I have no idea I mean I I thought that maybe he would die at like in the ninth episode or something. And then like, it really yeah. goes off in the, in the finale. You know, yeah. That's when it goes down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm also interested to look at, um, and you mentioned house Valerian, but now that they're both, their kids are dead. Right. Um, Rainice told Corliss, like, look, I put this whole being queen thing behind me a long time ago. Like you need to do the same thing. You're fighting so hard to get your, family on the iron throne and they're not even your family and so these are like he's a good dude but i wonder if you know maybe they are supporting rainiera still and it's reluctant and maybe something happens that makes them either switch sides or just bow out of the fight entirely and that would be absolutely devastating because the potential of i mean they have at least one maybe two dragons um and the whole naval the whole navy and all that stuff so i'm just I'm really curious what's going to happen with House Valerian and, and their loyalties there. Yeah. What about you, Allie? Do you have anything, uh, any predictions or anything to watch for for future episodes? For no reason at all. I'm concerned that Damon is going to die. I just feel like that would be one to hit fans hard. I, I, and I, again, I know I like him, but he does just bring like a whole other element, I think, into the show. And I could really see them killing him off. <laughs> just for, to like completely isolate Ramira. He's definitely not going to like grow old. Like Damon's not going to just be an old man one day. He's going to die. The way these things tend to work, as I'm thinking about it now, is that like I think once Rhaenyra's looking good, like I think they would have to take out someone big in order for like for Rhaenyra to be looking good, and then all of a sudden Damon gets taken out to like level the playing field again. Like that's how these the narrative structure and these things tend to work. So I could definitely see that happening for sure, and it makes me a little worried about Damon, especially because you're kind of you're you're supposed to be happy for them they finally are together like they're looking like a formidable duo and i don't know kind of crazy well any closing closing words for you travis anything else you, you got before we close up no no it's been fun thanks for having me most definitely yeah. well uh great job again this was a lot of fun that is going to do it for this episode of the geek and you shall find podcast We will have another top five takeaways from the Rings of Power that will be coming out tomorrow. And as always, back next week, we'll be talking about the next episodes of Rings of Power and House of Dragon as well. So make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when all of these episodes drop. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And to all of our subscribers in French Canada, au revoir. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Geek and You Shall Find podcast, powered by Superhero Faces. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Superhero Faces. 
and on Instagram at superhero underscore faces.